Kim Mitchell has a new album, his first in 13 years. This one called The Big Fantasize. Kim's on the line. Hey, Kim, it's been a while. Good to hear your voice. Nice to hear your voice, too, Kelly. How are you doing, man? Excellent. How have you been making out in the pandemic? Making out mostly with myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, there's two kinds of, of people, I think. There's the motivated ones, and then there's the unmotivated ones. I'm, I'm the latter, for sure. I walk by my guitars on a regular basis and just wave at them. But here's the deal. Is, is I've been doing this over 40 years, and this is the first time I've been able to drop my shoulders and step away from music and just enjoy life without, you know, I mean, I won't say without music, but I don't have to, I don't, there's no stage waiting for me. Sure. I've just finished a record. So it's kind of a nice break. And, and I, I hate to put a positive spin on such a disgusting thing that's happening worldwide, but that's kind of how I'm doing. A lot of people have found that. I was actually surprised to hear that you haven't been playing much, as you mentioned, and typically don't play much. You're such a good player. I think that had shocked people. So if you don't, how much do you have to practice before you do get your hands talking to each other again before you go back out? Typically. Well, put it this way. I could guarantee you if you came over to my house and said, hey, strap on your electric guitar and let's hear you rattle off some stuff, I would 100% suck right now. <laughs> so it takes a while. It's like akin to getting back into the gym. You have to do it, except with guitar, you have to play actually a bit more. It's like you go to the gym for an hour. An hour a day on a guitar isn't going to get you back in shape very quick. You have to like be going a few hours a day. How have you been spending your time? I don't know if people know how you like to spend your time outside of your work. What's your non-music thing these days? Uh, well, I have a dog named Webster, and I walk him four times a day. I do have some friends that I feel safe around. Uh, so we kind of get together and ca are cautious. I garden, really. I've been gardening because the person who owned my house before, I think they planted one of everything. So um, that was eight years ago. And now everything's, it's just really complicated. So I spend more time <laughs> ripping stuff out that is either being eaten by beetles or, you know, whatever. It's just like, there's no room left for you. You got to go. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of that. It's satisfying stuff. It's, it's completely different than what I have done in my life. Uh, so um, it's nice. And just, uh, you know, some quiet time. I, I love cooking, so I get into that a little bit. So. Okay. Before we get to the new stuff, I was always a fan of Max Webster, and it seemed to me that when you stepped out solo – the material, your material, was noticeably different than Max Webster. I think it was almost reflected. Is that Webster? Yeah, he's, he's, he's protecting the house. Okay, buddy, yeah. that's enough. That's good. It's okay. Good. Now, did I see you tweet out a picture of two dogs and one of them is Getty? Is that your dog too? No, no, no. One day, the dog walker, a very young dog walker who would take him every day, yeah. she goes, Here, here's Webster and Getty. I said, did you say Getty? Because she, she spelled it Getty. Yeah. She goes, yeah, his name's Getty. I said, do you know who that is? She goes, no. <laughs> oh, man. So it was kind of a coincidence, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Webster's back there. But back to the music. Uh, when you stepped out solo for Max Webster. Uh, you said it was different. Yeah, it seemed different. And I think it was almost reflected in your wardrobe from the Max jumpsuits to the more blue collar look of the solo look. <laughs> now, uh, even I, maybe I'm digging too far into it, but though, even though you've had your quirky moments solo with songs like I'm a Wild Party, am I reading that right? And if I am, was it a conscious intention to slightly shift the approach to the music when you went solo? I don't know if it was conscious, Kelly. I, I think you, 
as writers, the more we do something, we change and hopefully we get better. Um, I was always a, a believer that quantity, not quality, uh, applies to songwriting. So I just kept writing and writing and writing. And, yeah, all of a sudden, it wasn't Here Among the Cats or Toronto Tontos or Hangover. It was Easy to Tame. It was Atlanta Loves Me. It was, it was stuff. I'm not afraid to whatever is going to happen, let it happen. Who knows what was influencing me at the time. I've never chased trends. So I wasn't really chasing after anything. Um, I wasn't ever chasing a dollar. Uh, you know, none of that. I just was always looking at, at serve a song. And, and I remember that you bring up something interesting because easy to tame. When I started to write that, I was like, what the heck is this? Like, this isn't me. And yet you make a decision as a writer. Well, so what? Like, bring the song to its natural conclusion. So I wasn't afraid to do that. And was one that became one of my more popular songs. That's interesting. Uh, still with Max Webster for a second. Uh, apart from the literal collaboration with Rush on Battle Scar, there was a close relationship between Max and Rush. And just a couple of things on that. Is it true that before Battle Scar was recorded, Neil had been kind of playing live with you for a while when you toured together when you played that song? Yeah, he played pretty much every night with us on stage all through the States and Canada and Europe. But people didn't know that, right? No, no, they didn't. He had a scrim in front of his drums. They're, they're, you know, in front of their amps, they had scrims, black, black curtains. And uh, you couldn't see this stuff. And Neil asked, he said, you know, I like to warm up. So would you guys mind if I just sort of warm up to you while you're playing? And we're like, of course. So on stage, it was like, sounded amazing. Two drummers. Oh, you know, obviously, we check in with our drummers. This is cool with you, man. And he really enjoyed it because him and Neil got along great. So I was like, sure, man, come on up and. Uh, but the microphones weren't turned on, so nobody knew that Neil was up there slamming away to our whole set. That is wild. A bunch of Rush fans' heads just exploded. Now, of course, <laughs> sadly, we lost Neil Peart in January. What's the first memory that comes to mind for you when you think about Neil Peart? Um, two memories. The one that we just spoke of um, with him jamming away. Uh, the second is I have a picture in my mind of Neil standing very straight backstage and very serious look on his face, maybe perhaps talking with his road manager. And he always had a book in his hand, and on top of the book was a silver cigarette case. And he always had that. I, I think back, you know, he's still smoking cigarettes. And I, I just have that sort of memory of him very seriously speaking with his road manager. And then Alex would come up, and all heck would break loose. Because <laughs> Alex was the comedian always. And next thing you know, Neil, I picture Neil with his head rolling back with his mustache and everything going, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. His head kind of going back because Alex comes up and does something totally goofy, as he always would backstage. Exactly. He's such a card. And, and I think Neil was Alex's biggest fan, without a doubt. Yeah. And, of course, uh, now, again, sadly, Neil is gone. Alex has said he's lost interest in playing, at least for now. But Getty has been pretty upfront that he'd like to continue making music in some form or other. So I'm just going to put this out there. This just occurred to me. I think you two could make really interesting music together, don't you think? You and Ged? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I've played with Alex a couple times, uh, um, specifically during a Christmas special. He came and sat in with us. And that was nice. We did a few, few tunes. Again, I don't see any, anymore. I saw him and I saw both those guys at the airport going to Los Angeles when I was going to record and um, going to talk to, or I said going to record as well. And they were 
uh, on the same plane. And I think at that time, Neil must have been sick because they were being sort of secret. Yeah, we're going to see Neil. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, are you going to make some new music? Some they, they just didn't answer me at that point. So I kind of sensed that something was of concern. And I heard about a year a year before he passed that he was not well. So, yeah. so I think everybody kept it really quiet. Getty, though, I think Getty's snack bracket is is not around Kim Mitchell. It's more around Foo Fighters and, you know, some serious big heavy hitters, you know. Got it. Okay, so let's bring it up to today. Um, I know you and your producer, Greg Wells, have been working on the new music for a while, but it's been 13 years since the last album, Ain't Life Amazing. Why so long? Did you maybe think you were done, given the state of the business? I I was done, actually. Um, I was writing in the same way that a painter would paint, and a dancer dances. I was writing music uh, as I was playing gigs. But here's the deal, Kelly. We go out and play. People want to hear Rock and Roll Duty, Go for Soda, uh, Patio Lanterns, I'm a Wild Party. And I'm happy to play that stuff. I'm customer service and rock and roll. So yeah. here you go. So I really had no intention of recording this stuff until Greg Wells, who was in my band at 17, and then went off to, I mean, check his check his dance card he's he's like ridiculous as far as grammy award-winning record producer mixer um he heard my demos of the stuff and went this is a side of you man that your audience really should hear you do uh more of they they know you for lager and ale and all this other stuff but let's do this record and i it came out just great in my opinion I'm, i'm so happy with it I'll tell you what, the single uh, Wishes, uh, you had me first verse. It, such a different vibe. There's always been a depth to a lot of your work, but this is the first one where the word mature comes to mind for me. Now, I know the lyrics are based on a poem, but the the fact that the worldview that became the Wishes lyric and then the kind of reflective, pensive feel to the music is a great example of that vibe. I've got a clip of the song here. Some may long for sunny Just an absolutely gorgeous melody. Wishes is the single from the album. Would you agree, Kim, that there's a more mature vibe happening on the album? And tell me about that. Well, yeah, there is. I mean, life changes. We, we all change as we grow older and, and grow up. And, um, you know, I've always, people were always like, oh, the Sam, Van Hagar era. You know, I was like, well, that was a grown up version. I mean, there was a David Lee Roth circus thing. Yeah. And then. You know, you can't argue that dreams and pound cake and when it's love, a lot of that stuff, there's no way Roth would have been able to sing that stuff. It was more grown up. Harmonically, the chords were different. So I'm okay to sound more mature. This is just a side of me as a writer that's always been there. And as Greg said, this is a side of you, man, that you do really well. So let's let's record these tunes. And it was I was shocked because this, this guy, as I said, is so successful. I thought he was going to say, Come on down, let's cut a couple tunes, you know? Yeah. He says, No, let's do a rec a whole album. I'm like, what? And he's like, Yeah, well, all these songs are great, man. Let's let's go. I'm like, Wow, okay, sure. That's you know. awesome. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, and this isn't the first we've heard sort of that side of you, patio lanterns, diamonds, diamonds. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, the last we heard from you in the studio was a couple of years ago with your new version of Diamonds, Diamonds with the guys from Bare Naked Ladies. And a lot of people might not be aware of your connection with Ed and the fellas who you've actually influenced. How far does that go back? Uh, It goes back quite a few years. Ed, I played on one of Ed's tunes a long time ago, and there's still a picture. You have this picture in your mind, and you're in the studio, and you're tracking a solo that he wants to hear, and Ed's sitting on this carton, like a like a, a crate, like a Coke crate or a, a soda pop crate or something, and he's about six feet away from me, and he's kind of like looking up with his phone, and he's like filming it like, wow, Kim Mitchell's playing on my record. And it was, it was adorable. And, and, uh, and he's like, you know, you know that we do like Blue River Liquor Shine and stuff like that in, in Soundcheck. And, and they're kind of like, what do you, when it came to Diamonds, Diamonds, I'm like, well, look, what kind of, what song do you want to do? And they're like, we'll do anything. We know them all. Like, let's go. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to play? It's so funny. So, they're just good guys, and I think they're amazing fathers, uh, great husbands, and such a an adaptable band that can have anybody sit in, or they can go do a session with anybody else. And real chameleons, and and they're they're great musicians. Some people might look at them as like oh, a collegey thing, but no, they're great players. They got groove and really efficient on their on their instruments. Yeah, very sure. creative for sure. Yeah. I've never forgotten your acceptance speech for winning the male vocalist Juno in 1990 when you were so surprised. And you said something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, you said, I'm just a white guy who yells, which I loved. But now you're being inducted into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame at some point. The pandemic kiboshed the planned ceremony in May. So how does that one sit with you? Well, that one took me by surprise. Seriously, I was flipping out when, when they gave me the news. You can see a Juno Award maybe coming because you get nominated. And you go, well, there's a chance I could win something here. Um, album of the Year, Vocalist of the Year, uh, um, Gold Records, Platinum Records, du- Double Platinum, Triple Platinum. You can see that stuff coming because, you know, you're getting record sales reports. This came out of nowhere. If you would ask me, who's going to be inducted into the Canadian Songwriting Hall of Fame? It's like, well, there's Joni Mitchell, there's uh, Leonard Cohen, Neil Young. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, I don't know about Bruce Colburn, um, um, Brian, you know, I, I, there's yeah, a million other names yeah. and they took me out, uh, um, sitting at this table and go, we want to induct your whole body of work into the Canadian songwriting hall of fame. It's, you just kind of stopped for a second. And I couldn't speak. So it's quite an honor. And uh, of course my silly wife said, well, there's a dysfunctional bunch of people in there that I should fit right in with. <laughs> No kidding. Well, congratulations on that. That's incredible. Thank you. you. I'm totally jazzed and honored about that. And and that's pretty amazing. Well, I hope it's not a virtual thing when they, when you finally do go in and that it's the full gala, because I think you deserve that. (laughs) Thank you. It's amazing how time flies. It's been what, six years since you left the radio racket uh, at Q107 in Toronto. Do you ever get the itch to go back into radio? Mm, No, I don't. And, And it's not because I, didn't have a good time. I just, I did it. It was an 11 year career. I worked hard at it. I respected the craft more than anything. I was working on being accepted by my peers. Uh, that was really important to me because I sucked so bad. I had no training. There were other people that des- deserve it of that chair. And they just thought, no, let's do something out of the box. Let's get a guitar player in that we play and, and let's try it. And, to do anything well, your listeners really have to know that 
I think you're really good, Kelly. Like you sound great, and Thank you. and that takes work. That's that's to do anything well, you really have to work hard at it. So, but I don't have the itch to go back because I'm a rock guitar player, and I sure. and the guys in the podcast are like, "Would you ever do a podcast?" I said, "No," because I kick your asses, you know. So <laughs> that was my next question, Kim. Because if there's anybody I think should be doing a podcast, the Kim Mitchell podcast should be a thing. I would be a subscriber. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, that's, that's nice of you to say. I'm just kidding, by the way. Sure, yeah. But that, that would be an amazing thing. And you've had such an interesting multimedia career so far. Final question. Any thought of a book at some point? Um, I have a couple guys wanting to do one. One, one guy keeps calling me every few months and going, come on, let's, let's get together. Let's meet. Let's do this. And I'm just having gotten together, that gotten together. Because there, there's a lot of work, I, I believe, to get a book going. Well, sure. And what's it going to be about? I mean, there's a bunch of road stories there that are lots of fun, but yeah, well, I I think you might be surprised and I think you might be surprised at the interest out there, but we've already established that you're not really a motivated guy. So we'll just, maybe it'll happen. Really? You know what? Thanks for this interview, Kelly, because you made it really a lot clearer, but I, (laughs) I seriously need an ass kicking to get myself (laughs) here. I'm going to pick up my guitar right now and play a C scale. Oh, it's a different tuning. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's a different tuning. Yeah, that's a C scale with a weird tuning. Sure. Oh, my goodness, that's terrible. Okay. <laughs> well, you're, you're doing great. It sounds fantastic. Okay, the website is kimmitchell.ca. Uh, you're not verified on Twitter and Insta. You don't have the blue check mark, but it's Kim Mitchell Band on Insta and at the Kim Mitchell on Twitter, right? That's right, the Kim Mitchell, because there are so many Kim Mitchell. For sure. Right. But those are you. Take care of you and yours, and hopefully we see you back on stage soon on the other side of the pandemic. In the meantime, the new album to tide the fans over is called The Big Fantasize. Kim, always a pleasure catching up. Thanks for the chat. Man, it's a pleasure speaking with you as well, Kelly. Be safe, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks, man. And uh, I'll look forward to the next time. Cool, man. Thanks. All right. Take care.